0: Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere.
1: Hey everybody, Tim McMaster here along with Gregor Chisholm, our MLB.com Blue Jays reporter. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. A lot to get into this week. Top 100 prospects list is out from MLB Pipeline and the Blue Jays did well. Very much right at the top. Um, We'll also talk about... Some players on the roster that had good years last year and, and have uh, bright reasons to look forward to 2018. We'll talk about what they're going to do to fill a spot in the starting rotation, if anything, as well. But let's start. Uh, Fan Fest is over now. Um, a lot of players were available, and Gregor, I know you got a chance to talk to a lot of them. One player that was Ezekiel Carrera, who you look at the roster with the additions they've made And there's reason to think that that he may end up being the odd man out, but he still seemed to be in good spirits at FanFest.
2: Yeah, he really did, and he's in a tough spot because, I mean, ultimately whether or not he makes this roster comes down to whether or not somebody gets hurt in spring training uh, or whether or not this team carries five outfielders instead of four. And there is a scenario where that could happen, but if you look at it, if everybody's healthy, even if he makes made the team as a fifth guy, there's no real path to playing time. I mean, you're looking in left field with Steve Pierce uh, and Curtis Granderson, uh, forming a platoon there, and then at center, you got Kevin Pollard, and in right, you got Gritchick. So uh, there really is no clear path, I mean, outside of being – a bit of a pinch runner off the bench, but he's not even really known as that big of a high stolen base guy despite his speed. So there really is no longer a a legit fit here. And so I think that's why in the coming weeks you'll, you'll see the Jays look to make a move there. Or, I mean, who knows there is a possibility that they could look to move a guy like Steve Pierce as well. It depends on what kind of value they're getting back in return. So I think they'll have to explore that. Uh, And if nothing materializes, I think there's a good chance that towards the end of camp, uh, you know, Carrera and the Blue Jays will have to part ways just because it does seem to be a tough path for him. He was surprisingly pretty understanding of that, actually, at the Fan Fest. You know, he, he didn't seem, he, he was accepting of that uncertainty in, in his fate. Um, but credit to him, he, he still showed up at Winterfest, even after the Jays had just acquired a couple of outfielders in the weeks before, and uh, no complaints from him. He seems to be accepting uh, whichever route the Blue Jays decide to go in this spring.
1: Yeah, he's out of options, so there's no possibility of them moving down, him down to the minors. He would have to go through waivers and all that stuff. So, yeah, certainly looks to be, but it's good to have extra depth at spring training, so we'll certainly see what happens. Uh, you have a story on the uh, website right now. Ryan Spera, 77 and two-thirds innings last season. I saw that number, and it kind of even surprised me, Gregor, that he threw that much out of the bullpen. Um, could be a workhorse again, obviously, this year. Um, and it sounds like things just feel different for him because he's always been a guy that had to fight for a job, and now he has one.
2: Yeah, I mean, prior to last year, he really spent the two previous seasons on that constant shuttle back and forth. And he was one of those guys on the fringe of the roster that, you know, you almost felt a little bit bad for because, you know, when he was out there and when he got an opportunity, he pitched pretty well. But uh, because of the options he had in his contract and in his standing at the back end of that bullpen, uh, he just found himself constantly on that shuttle back and forth between here and Buffalo. And it wasn't until you know 2017 that he really got that extended look and he forced his way on of the team uh, in spring training and and once he broke camp he never really looked back after that you know the the innings that he was able to to go to last year was 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 pretty remarkable and and clearly became uh, you know a highly trusted arm of John Gibbons and we saw him fatigue a little bit down the stretch last year it's understandable as his first full season kind of in that extended look role and you know the danger is that you're always going to have uh, you know, feel the ripple effects of that the season after. And so the fact that he finally has a secure job for the first time is good for him because he can take a little bit more of a relaxed approach to his off season, and that's what he did. You know, before he would look to come into camp, at 100% ready to go because he needed to, to you know, catch the eye of coaches and, and scouts along the way from pretty much day one in order to get noticed. This year he knows his spot secure. He knows he's going to be on uh, that 25-man roster, and he knows he's going to open the season as a primary setup man. So uh, he can use those first couple of weeks to kind of uh, get back into that game shape a little bit and, and start off the intensity a little bit lower, uh, rack it up uh, towards the end of camp. And, and, you know, from a Blue Jays' perspective, hopefully that... Uh, allows him to to maintain that stamina and durability uh, deep into the season.
1: Yeah, tough to follow up 77 and two-thirds innings by doing it again, but hopefully that helps him out for sure. Uh, It was a pretty good couple of weeks in the Guerrero family, I would say. Uh, Vlad Guerrero goes into the Hall of Fame. That's not bad. And then his son on Saturday night checks in at number three on MLB Pipeline's Top 100 Prospects list, and really he's three. Number one is Shohei Otane, who... A lot of people would say isn't a true prospect, but he fits the rules and guidelines according to MLB Pipeline. And then Ronald Acuna, number two, can kind of do everything. Guerrero, widely considered to be the best hitter. Jim Callis calls him a lock to be a superstar bat in the big leagues. I mean, that's pretty good from a guy who's seen a lot of prospects come through the system. So Guerrero, number three, what's spring training going to look like for Vlad Guerrero Jr.?
2: yeah you know it 's a bit of a surprise you know I thought that he was going to be over on the big league side full time um, for the first time, uh, but it looks like he 's going to be over on the minor league side for uh, a good portion of spring training. I think he 's going to come and go you you will see him, i think, make his professional spring debut. Uh, this year with the Blue Jays, I'm sure he'll pop over from time to time. But it does seem that for now the Blue Jays are really focused on, on making sure that a lot of their veteran players, uh, you know, get a lot of playing time in spring because that was a bit of an issue in previous years. And they're making a bit of an adjustment there. But uh, in, in terms of Guerrero's spring specifically, I mean, he's, he's just looking to kind of cement his spot uh in terms of a, getting a promotion to double A New Hampshire and really the the sky really is the limit for this guy I mean it's cliche after all the things that uh, all the positive reports that have been coming around about him for for well over the last couple of years but his stock really went to an entirely new level this year and he seems to be as much of a lock uh, as you can get in a prospect. And, I mean, it's been a long, long time since the Blue Jays had uh, this type of elite talent in the minor league system. Uh, we've seen some some big names on the pitching side come through, Marcus Stroman, Aaron Sanchez. But, really, it, it dates all the way back to Vernon Wells since the Blue Jays produced one of their own positional player stars. Uh, and the Jays think they have a few of them, not just Guerrero, but also with uh, with uh, Bo Bichette and, and Anthony Alford as well.
1: Yeah, and Bo Bichette and and Vlad, according to their current positions, could be the left side of an infield, although there's a lot of talk that neither of them could end up being in those spots once they get to the big leagues. We'll have to wait and see on that. All right, the Blue Jays would still like to add some starting pitching. Uh, John Morosi, MLB.com writer, had a story over the last week about the fact that there was some interest in Chris Tillman. Tillman's a fascinating situation because he's only 29 years old, um, and he was he was let's face it, he was the Orioles' ace pitcher for a couple of years. But he was terrible in 2017, uh, one and seven, a 7.84 ERA. As he really just couldn't get it together. He's battled some injuries in recent years as well. So the cost would be low on a guy like Chris Tillman, and there's some upside, but there's obviously also plenty of risk.
2: No, there is. And and Tillman's really, it seems from one year to the next, you never really know what quite to expect from him. I mean, Blue Jays fans have have clearly seen him uh, at his best, and he's also had a terrible record at Rogers Center over the course of his time, so they've also seen him plenty of times at his worst. But I mean, this is a guy for a few seasons was able to put in an ERA in the AL East under four. Uh, That's something you obviously like from your starters, and he was a guy who typically was able to eat up a lot of innings. Now, uh, last year was a borderline disaster for him, and I think Uh, You know, this offseason, initially, he was looking forward to a big payday. Obviously, that's not happening now. And I think more than anything, he's going to be looking for an opportunity. And, And the Blue Jays certainly have one to offer. And I think what they're doing right now is they're sifting through that I don't even know if it's the second tier, but maybe that third tier of starting pitchers who are available. And, and there's still a huge number of them available. Uh, I'm, I'm working on a story on the site for now, and there's, there's, there's a, legitimately 10 guys that are still out there uh, that the Blue Jays could potentially take a look at, whether it's a Jaime Garcia uh, or someone of that mold as well. And certainly Chris Tillman fits into that into that realm. And, you know, the Jays have about $10 million give or take um, a couple of million to, to spend the rest of this offseason. They're looking to get another um, starter and they're looking to get another reliever. So I think you're going to see uh, them disperse those, those funds between those two positions. And, and that's where you're going to end up in that middle tier as opposed to a, a guy like Lance Lynn or Alex Cobb. And certainly they won't be in the market for a guy like you Darvish.
1: Finally, to finish things off, we can kind of put this one in the department of what could have been. There was a story by uh, Craig Mish of SiriusXM that the Blue Jays were, quote, the only other team that came close to acquiring Christian Yelich from the Marlins. So I guess you can say, okay, good job by the Blue Jays of getting close. But I think what it came down to uh, was the obvious. The Marlins were obviously asking for Guerrero, and that was not going to happen.
2: Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, on one hand, this is a positive for the Blue Jays that they can remain in these types of conversations. Their, their system is deep enough now that, uh, you know, when those type of elite players become available in the trade market, they can at least pick up the phone and have a genuine conversation. But, you know, the fact that in the, the deal never materialized certainly didn't come as a surprise to me. I mean, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., you don't want to call anybody completely untouchable these days because they can be moved, but he is as close as it gets. And, and I think Bo Bichette's not too far behind find uh, on that list as well. I mean, this is a team that is looking to keep that next wave of talent along with Anthony Alford, guys like Nate Pearson, T.J. Zoik. Uh, the Blue Jays are trying to rebuild and also contend at the same time, and that's a difficult balancing act, uh, but it certainly really means that they're going to be rolled out for those bigger names. But uh, the fact that their prospects are that good uh, means that they're going to be in those conversations right until the end. And, and, and ultimately, it's not a surprise that, that, you know, in those last minutes, the Blue Jays kind of walked away, realizing that they weren't going to be able to get a deal done.
1: And obviously made other moves, and they have shored up that outfield uh, since. All right, great stuff as always, Gregor. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Blue Jays edition. For Gregor Chisholm, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.